Podcast on the Smodco Internet Radio Network. I'm a Merp and a host. My name is Marty. Hi, I'm John, and I'm a twerp. I'm a twerp, a trivial internet radio personality. Oh man, why? Do you I'm gotta, less than a Merp. Why do you got? I'm, I'm trivia. Why do you got to outsmall me? Uh, I, I, I'm just not going to touch that one because it's too small. <laughs> Can't find it. How are you doing, John? I could not possibly be better unless I was younger and taller and had a larger uh, uh, wallet. Presence. I couldn't possibly have a larger presence. Oh. Jesus Christ. I can fill up a room just by standing in it, no matter how big it is. Wait, you didn't hear the music? I did. All I heard was the vocals, and I thought you were just playing the vocals of Gordon Lightfoot. And yeah. so I thought I heard the music. And then you played, and it's just weird. All I hear is the vocal. Like, I don't hear any other music. Well, that's because that's the record that Edmund Fitzgerald, I was playing that uh, this um, right before the show started as a sound check. And by the way, RIP, Canadian icon. Uh, Who we mentioned last week. Can we just talk about that? Go on. Did we kill him? I think we might have. I mean, we mentioned people on the show, and then they die. If you could read my fate, my death yeah. wish. Because you you just bought a Gordon Lightfoot album. Yeah, I did. That's uh, So you bought an album, and then he died. How do you feel about that? Mm, I feel like the value of that album just went up like $2. <laughs> yes. It's all you. about the money. Thank you, Gord. The it, album is called Gord's Gold. Go, go, really? Yep. It is? It is. Really? Yeah. That is the goofiest thing I've ever heard. Oh, no, nope. come on. He's a, Canadian who Gord's sings about, Gord. he's a Canadian who sings about shipwrecks. A? A? Uh, yeah, well done, John. Uh, What's so, your song about? What's your song about, Gordon? It's about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, eh? And, and I've got another one about ESPA. If you could read my mind, eh? Yeah. Take off, hoser. <laughs> my God, John. You live like like a stone's throw away from them, and you're mocking them in like the most... Those... I live in Los Angeles. It's not a stone's throw away from Canada, you grew up like just over the border. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, Massachusetts is just over the border of Canada, in, eh? You said New Hampshire. It's practically the same place. I grew up in New Hampshire, yeah. I was born in Massachusetts, eh? In, my in, my family, in, my grandmother immigrated to this country in a canoe over the St. Lawrence River. Is is your grandmother really from Canada? Oh yeah. Oh sure, yeah. All right. Cool. So uh, Quebec. She didn't talk like this, eh? No. What did she talk like? She spoke French like this. <laughs> but she also Can. she also she sang. Word. She also sang as well, right? No, she didn't sing much. Well, but she loved songs. She she my my brother. Has an album called Meme's yeah. Notebook. Yes. That and what that is that. is 
is the is the lyrics of all of her favorite folk songs when she was little. She wasn't like going around singing, but she liked the folk songs. But those folk songs, nobody knew where they were from. So my my brother went around to archivists and and reconstructed some of the melodies, and that's what the, the it's pretty awesome uh, work of. Um, yeah. We had him on the show. Musicology. Yeah, I know, but some people don't listen to all the shows. I know, that's why I'm mentioning it, John. That's literally why I'm mentioning it. Yeah, but you said it, you said it in, a, in a shaming way, like I shouldn't talk about oh, it. Oh, no, you should. You should also tell people where they can find his music. I have no idea. You're the worst <laughs> brother ever. Do you even know his name? It's, his, uh, it's uh, Sylvain. Something Sylvain. Uh, yeah, his last name is Sylvain. Yeah, there we go. We'll never know. We'll never know, my darling. Yeah, so uh, I just want to say this uh, about Gordon Lightfoot. So Gordon, I heard... Gordon Meredith Lightfoot, by the way. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Was he related to... I don't know. Um, Meredith so... Baxter Burning, yes. They were, they, <laughs> yeah. they were cousins. <laughs> Good. Well, it makes sense. I've never seen them in the same place together. Because the, uh, cousins cannot appear in the same place together. It's a law that, of physics. Yeah, it's a law of physics. Um, it's a quantum something entanglement. It's a cousin entanglement. It's gross, man. It's so. But uh, when when you play music and we're and we're remote, all I can hear is the vocal, and I and the 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 other accompanying instruments are basically not there. It's kind of weird. But so you asked me if I could hear the music, and I put my thumb up. But I thought you were playing some kind of version of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald that was just Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, it's a cappella. No, it's just Gordy. Yeah. It is Gordy Naked Gord is what it was. Naked. That, that was from the album Naked Gord. <laughs> Everyone, look it up, and if you want to get a a hot copy of it, I've got one for sale. Anyway, he had a great voice. Well, yes, he did, and. Some people like Bob Dylan thought he was a better, like one of his favorite songwriters. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, he really did write great songs, too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if he, he uh, he's kind of a um, sort of an easy rock, folk rock kind of um, punchline in a way, you know? Well, he's got a ridiculous name. I mean, if you were going to like construct a parody of a, a, a singer-songwriter from the mid-70s, you would call him Gordon Lightfoot. Right, right. Like, as opposed to um, Marty Heavy Boot Up Your Ass, you know. Yeah, that's why you failed as a singer-songwriter well, in, the, actually, in the early 70s. You translates in, in Chinese to heavy boot up your ass. So, Oh, is that right? It's true. Well, that, then it makes sense. Yep. Did you have to explain that at every show? Yeah, yeah, I did. I've been, hey, so see, that's, wait, the problem. A, that's a marketing problem. Okay, before you mock me. <laughs> uh, so, that must have really gone over well. Yeah. Let uh, me, thank you. Thank you for coming. Spot. There probably would be more people here if you knew that you actually translates to it's a, it's an authentic what is it boot up your ass? <laughs> Could you please tell your friends? And everybody goes, no, I'm not gonna. Are you gonna play a music? I've used up all my time explaining myself, <laughs> and I've only got one song, and it's only two and a half minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a short and sweet music career you had there uh-huh. back in the early seventies. Uh-huh. Well, you were half right. When you were eight. It was short. So, um, 
Hey, John. Hi, Marty. What, what's going on in the news? Like, okay, here's what, like, Governor Ron DeSantis has. Dick. Yeah, and he's had to fall from His grace. His friends call him Dick. Well, because he is, and it's kind of hard not to classify him as that when you look at the way he just is so sneery and, like, petty and... Um, I don't know. Just, I think dorky is the word you're looking dorky, for, really. And dorky awkward, and awkwardly petty and sneery. And, um, but he, he, one of his talking points is he's ta he talks about the woke mind virus. And, Can I just say, if you're going to be a fascist, you have to have some personality. Yeah, well, sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody remembers how uh, Franco was just um, such a warm inviting fellow in spain you know you don't have to be warm you used to have to have a, no, a good personality he was charismatic charismatic yeah i mean yeah. hitler wasn't wasn't particularly warm room, but when he walked in the room all eyes just like Rink. yeah and they um, said what the fuck is up with that mustache yeah. it's so weird yep and then ron DeSantis walks in in those white boots and white like uh yeah. waiters and you're like nerd so yeah when when he talks about woke mind virus what yeah what is that um what what does he what what does he mean or what is it what is it really well okay i mean i asked that question having done a little bit of research on it and you know this has been part of uh sort of african-american culture for uh, oh, almost 100 years it is yeah yeah so, woke yeah, it was coined. Well, it was referred by um, a Pan-African activist in in as early as 1923. But Lead Belly, who's a famous blues artist, ah, Lead Belly, yeah, yeah he wrote he, "Good Night Irene" among other things. Oh, he did. I did not know that. Uh, but he yeah, he was singing awesome. about um, a group of nine black teenagers who were falsely falsely accused of raping two white women in 1931. He used um, that term in a song. And then in the like the '90s and 2000s, that became a sort of term of like being socially aware. Mm -hmm. uh, but now it's being used as a pejorative term yep. by the by the the right wing. Yeah, because they don't like people to be nice to people. Well, and that that is one way to look at it. But at the same time, I, I can't excuse like the. There is an intolerance on, on all sides. In, in I think in our culture, writ large, uh, you know, you've got there's a just last or I guess it was two months ago now at Stanford. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm boring you. Um, this is a podcast. If I'm yawning, it doesn't necessarily mean yeah, you're boring me. You shouldn't jump to that conclusion which might be completely correct but you shouldn't <laughs> jump to that conclusion no no i'm i'm deduced from from the fact that you were rolling your eyes as i was speaking oh like... i was not rolling my eyes i was just yawning and taking a little nap <laughs> continue with your introduction <laughs> so there have been uh, sorry uh there have been multiple cases of of conservative um speakers being invited to universities like um, in March there was a, a a conservative judge who was invited Kyle Duncan uh, by the Federalist Society to speak and 
he was shouted down by the um, by the students, and you know that that could be like that would be cited by the by conservatives as oh he got shouted down they they shut down his First Amendment rights um, and um, because of their woke virus agenda and yeah yeah but but that I mean. I, I don't agree that you should shout somebody down that you're invite that you've invited. Like they might have stupid ideas, but why not engage them on their ideas? I guess is right. the question. Right. No. So 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 the, the those those that's it's like a battle of titanic stupid people. Right. That right. to me is like don't that's stupid. If you at a especially if you're at a university, if somebody's coming to speak. You, you, this idea that you should not allow them to express their opinions, or that certain opinions are are, are completely unacceptable, and because the point of free speech is to let people say their shit, and then Shut you, up, then John, you let me speak. No, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, sorry. Oh well, yeah, I mean, and then and then then once they've said their crap, especially at a university, then you can say, okay, I listened to your crap. And here's why I think your crap is crap. Um, but you and and if people are at a, a, a an event, you don't. I mean, it's just it just drives me crazy. This kind of and, and so that's dumb. I think that's dumb. I understand it because they're they're students and they're all excited and stuff. Yeah, but they, I think they're that, so fresh with like, oh, I have a voice and yeah, I have, yeah, I have ideas and I have thoughts and and I, and I'm so sensitive and yeah. But yeah, and I, I I'm I'm against that, um, and then and then and then, the, and then you have but then you have the conservatives calling it a woke mind virus, and Bill, which is Bill Maher, by the way, he he calls it the same thing. He's like, oh, what's the problem with wokeness? This is just people speaking their opinions. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I'll, I have thoughts about it. Finish your thought. I I think I I think I I think I was done. It's just basically that say calling something a woke mind virus is 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 stupid and, and lumping that behavior in with everything that has to do with um maybe helping out people who have been disempowered like basically take saying saying that's the woke mind virus. See that's an example of the woke mind virus. Therefore, we should get rid of any programs that help poor people or can't make accommodations for handicapped people or or uh, or, or or anything that uh, that allows gay people to get married or you know just like they're not the same fucking thing right right equating silencing a federal judge at a university um, like speaking engagement of a few hundred people um, versus uh, well, well, I mean, it's not a true equivalency, but you know, you've got uh, Florida's "Don't Say Gay" bill has is now from K through twelve. You cannot refer to to homosexuality in classrooms, um, and, and they're shutting down drag shows. And the, that's like those are both like like that's about free expression. That's about education. That's that's like uh, that is completely different. Um, or I, actually, it's the same level of stridency, but it's it's more um, it has a lot more teeth than a bunch of uh, protesters because these are actual lawmakers making these decisions. 
And I, 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 uh, I don't like, uh, I don't like drawing equivalencies to things. It's I a don't, false equivalency. I, I acknowledge that. I think, uh, except to say that something is stupid and another thing is stupid and something is wrong and another thing is wrong. Like there are things that are wrong and they're not the same. Right. Well, I, I think that there's, there's, um, this sort of echo chamber of stridency and uh, where if I say like in a crowded room of people, like-minded people, like this is wrong, you know, I should be able to, to, I don't, I don't know, um, whatever. Uh, uh, what, what should I be able to do? I, I feel like I can do whatever the fuck I want, but. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm not, I, have, I, I lost track of where you were going. I just sort of got hung up on the, the echo chamber of, of stridency. Yeah, I think that should be, the name of somebody's album or something. Yeah. That's a really good. Be, but, Did you write that? I, I no, I just said it. Um, but it, it is the, this thing that. I think you wrote it on the notes. I think it's. Uh, I'm going to steal it. No, it's it's not. It's not. Um, Echo chamber of stridency. Yeah, but uh, but you know what I'm saying is like if I say in a room like, um, if I say an extreme uh, an extreme opinion like oh like. Um, whatever. Just say anything that you have an opinion yeah, about, Marty. Smoked, It'll be extreme. Smoked cheese should be banned. I'm going to find like some people who agree with me, and all of a sudden we amplify our, our voices, and the internet and social media allows us to do that. And then all of a sudden it, it reinforces our, our um, opinions to the point where uh, we are – completely unmoving and we don't listen anymore and then it just becomes like just it like i said it's an echo chamber of stridency so i i just don't feel like we're in an environment and like the examples some of the examples that the conservatives cite are valid of like that is idiotic um, but not as consequential as some of the examples that we can point out on on the right, I would say. Exactly. And if you've ever been in an elevator with somebody who just ate a lot of Gouda and then they fart, then you would want to get rid of, you would should smoke. If it was smoke smoked Gouda. Gouda, hell yeah. Regular yeah, Gouda, you know, it's pretty mild. No, smoked Gouda farts Fuck that. are Fuck fucking that awful. Gouda. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just the 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 uh, the level of our conversation um, is astonishingly stupid on every side, on the the right, on the left, on the up, on the down. You know, the only people who really know what's going on are you and me. We're the only people. You know, what do we want? Reason dialogue. When do we want it? Whenever, whenever it's convenient, you know, convenient, what, you know, you know. Whatever, you know whenever you feel comfortable, it's yeah, fine yeah. with me. Yeah, when we can have a good, I don't want to push. Don't want to be pushy. You know. Yeah, I mean, I. These are all. These are all discussions worth talking about. Like I was just listening, um, to uh, Megan Phelps, who did, uh, who was part of uh, Fred Phelps's. Uh, what is it? Don't say gay. Not don't say gay. Uh, God hates fags. Um, um, uh, which one? Uh, you know, Fred. Which did you say? God hates fags. That church. There's a church called God hates fags. That's pretty much their. That's pretty much their their the cornerstone of their philosophy. It, but is the church actually called that, or yeah, are you just being a, a, a knee jerk liberal? 
No, that's like what their signs say. Like they actually, oh. they actually said they made a conscious choice not to say God hates gays, but God uh -huh. hates fags. And that was a very conscious choice that they, that they made to shut down conversation and to, uh, and, and to just fuck with people. But, um, Interesting. Yeah. But I wonder you know, if they've actually read the Bible. But she left the church or quote unquote church. And then, um, and then she just hosted a, that podcast um, about JK Rowling uh, where about her transphobia was like a seven episode a podcast uh -huh. um and you know there's like i don't agree with jk rowling and i don't think that she voiced her opinions in the most useful way but you could argue that her critics and um were not necessarily very generous with her but it's a discussion worth having um because you could say that from J.K. Rowling's point of view, her version of women uh, have been oppressed for generations. Um, and then at this, on the trans side, those, uh, the trans community has been incredibly, um, in modern times, been vilified and victimized and, and, um, and murdered. Um, so it's a I don't think it's just modern times. No, you're you're correct. You're correct, but but um, but it's a discussion worth having that is nuanced and uh, and it's just I, I feel like people like to be reductive because people don't like to think. People want simplicity. People and I, it's it's just natural. And just like I I got no fucking time for J.K. Rowling. I got no time for for nuance and. I get that. I, I would disagree with you uh, about what you just said about this. Um, I, it's not that people, it, like all humans, just don't want things want things to be simple. It's that leaders, um, demagogues, um, like to take things and make them simple and outrage people. Because then they get people behind them. I think that when people actually look into something, if they if they're interested, then they will. Um, they, I think most people are actually reasonable. But what happens is demagogues grab onto something. Like uh, uh, fucker Carl Carlson used to do this all the time. He would every every night he had a show, you know. And I have you know everybody knows I I kind of have to watch it at my job. And I, I, he would just take some kind of Looney Tunes thing that was happening in some place, sometimes in Canada, sometimes Wait, in some little town. But John, and he'd have a, he was just asking questions. Oh, God, he was such a fucking dick. Um, yeah, so just taking some, some little thing and just going nuts about it, you know? And uh, and just like, like, you know, this whole thing about... Um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, trans people playing sports, like like it's, it's some national like emergency. It's all sports are being ruined by right. and all of these like tearing billions, down, tearing down millions civilization. Of, of, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's the end of the world as we know it. It's sports. It's supposed to be fun. Well, not only not only is it sports, but it, there's not that many 
trans athletes and they're not having a gigantic impact on on things. Yeah. And I actually knew somebody who was directly affected by that. You know, she was um, a, a world like she was the world number one fencer uh, in, in the senior league. And then a German trans athlete came in and, and was just so much physically dominant. And I was like, yeah, that kind of sucks. And I, I'm sorry for that. But it's just it's a sport. And I don't think this person went out and thought, I'm going to, this is my avenue to become a champion. By When when was this? Uh, this is maybe like eight years ago. Oh, it was eight years ago? No. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't East, it wasn't East German. Uh, no. Because no. that was a different kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no. This was, this, no, this was, this is a West German athlete. And I mean, it was just, it They're was They're all really Germans sad. now, man. And, and I, I definitely felt, that frustration but i just also was empathetic to this athlete who was just like i'm a woman and i uh, yeah i just don't i don't know i but these are discussions worth having in a reasoned way and uh but peter wg said what was the biggest complaint about the uh from the right about the new star wars trilogy and the dark side pull on ray this he said, what was the biggest complaint about the from the right about the new Star Wars trilogy and the dark side's pull on Rey? What was it? The Snoke mind virus. Yeah, I think that needs to be workshopped. <laughs> oh, well, Peter then said, okay, I'll see myself out. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, come back. Come back. No, uh, no, no, no. My boot. Come back when it's less relevant. My heavy boot was already firmly up his ass. It's too soon. It's too soon. Yeah, it's too soon for that joke. Oh, I thought I was yeah. trying to. I thought there was a pun there. Um, Where with the Snoke? Yeah, um, it was. It's too soon for that pun. Can I? Just... The wounds. Wounds are fresh. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about something serious? I know that you you have some things to talk about. Do you want to talk about that first, or do you want to talk about um, what just came out recently uh, in the the Smodco world? Oh, you know, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I don't have anything okay. urgent to talk about. Okay. Well, Kevin Smith, our mm -hmm. Lord and Savior, he uh, came out recently uh, that from a mental health facility in Arizona. He, uh -huh. was, he was there for a month. Uh -huh. And he's very open about it. And this is not, um, I'm not talking out of school. Uh, you can go online and... and um, he talks about it for a good half an hour. And uh -huh. and uh, basically, he, he had a, a, a mental, um, a psychological episode, not episode, but a stressful time. And mm -hmm. so he um, was, he, he voluntarily uh, checked himself into this, this uh, facility. And there he uncovered some latent trauma from sexual abuse or trauma from latent sexual abuse i don't know no latent trauma from latent sexual abuse yes yes so when, no, there's no such thing as latent sexual abuse so he when he was a child uh when in new jersey he was abused by um uh, an older child uh teenager and and then he was also he was saying how that helped that led him to become uh, self 
like a people pleaser and codependent and just really reliant on other people's um, sort of validation for his own self-worth mm-hmm. and, and yeah. how that uh, sort of became part of his identity as a storyteller and a filmmaker and, mm-hmm. and how those two things are, are related in his life. And, yeah. and so he was trying to, to deal with that and, and he was very open about it and, and it was really uh, hard to listen to, but also really brave and, and interesting and, um, thoughtful and his goal was to become not to not be that person who he is but just to be become more mindful and more um, present and part of that is was quitting pot and yeah and he said that as much as he enjoyed that and it helped him achieve a lot of things uh, in his late 30s to, to now it's just it was a band-aid on his psychological pain mm-hmm. um so i i did you watch it john no no oh, uh, watch watch it on what on oh YouTube. the thing that you, the, on the link that you sent me well you don't have to watch it now actually don't watch it now please uh no now. i didn't watch it but i i read it when yeah. you sent it yeah so um and and you know i have friends who've had similar things happen uh, my friend maria she um she went into a mental facility and that was she had such a positive experience from that and, and she mm-hmm. talks about it very openly and she has a book coming out in the fall about mm-hmm. it um have have you ever had any sort of um mental pain I, you don't have to talk about it but i'm just curious like 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 if you've ever um, come like uh, been close to that sort of uh, level of, of distress, um, you know, I, I I don't know if I have, but maybe in moments, but not to the point of being debilitate debilitating the way it was for for these two. Mm-hmm. No, I mean yes, 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 and no. Right, right, right. So I have complex uh, trauma that has, um, I just in this past year have learned um, uh, and really gotten into sort of how um, messed up uh, my thinking is um, and why. And um, and the interesting thing about it is that it's not... um, it's not permanently curable, but it's treatable. Um, and uh, I, I might as well. I mean, though, I think it's, what? it's a good approach. You know, what's a good approach to think that something is not to not look for a cure, but look, a, look towards managing, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, and the way I, I look at it for me is that my personality myself was constructed by a toddler and a caveman working in the dark to solve problems that they didn't understand that no longer apply to me as a grown-up. And so, but I took that... Can you expand on that a little bit? Because that is a little bit too abstract for my brain. So, the uh, my personality was formed um, when I was um, a small person. 
just like yours was. Although, I mean, I think maybe yours might be still in process. I had to throw that in there. Um, fair, fair. And uh, and so you know, when I was when I was four or five or six, um, I was you know going through some stuff that I couldn't handle, right? And it combined those things with um, and the decisions that I made about the world that it, that it wasn't safe and that nobody liked me and that I had to make sure that I was very, very, very careful with what I said to people so that they wouldn't hate me. Um, and, and I learned how to manage people so that they would never be upset. I learned all those things at a very young age to deal with problems that were going on then. And then, um, and I, and, and then you throw in the caveman part, which is basically that, uh, the fear when I have fear, right? We, we have fight and flight reflex. The fear that we we have is based on um, evolutionarily when when things like being rejected by our tribe would actually end up with us being dead. So we over uh, react as human beings to um, to things that are threatening to us because they're going to kill us. So if I get feel like I'm going to be rejected by somebody in first grade, um, my body thinks I'm going to die. And so the, the, uh, that's why I say a toddler and a caveman working in the dark because they don't really, uh, the, the two sort of forces that are working on my personality don't really understand the reality of the real situation. They don't understand what I'm going to have to really deal with in my life. So that's why I say it like that. A, a toddler and a, and a caveman working in the dark to solve problems that don't exist anymore. And the problems that I'm solving that don't exist anymore are being eaten by a cave bear or being accepted and finding, you know, uh, a, uh, uh, a, 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 a acceptance and, and love from, you know, people who were um, supposed who were, you know, uh, not to put too fine. This is say my caregivers, not to put a name on it. Uh, I think I know what you mean. I mean, the, the thing is, just yeah, the, we, the grown-ups who happened to be around me when I was young, and well, they were doing their best. Right. It's just no, the best wasn't good enough. That's something that that Kevin talks about is just like seek, seeking validation and and how do you know your value and right and. So, and Can I, that, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Let, let me just so, so that that what, to answer your question about the thing is that personality, those the, those maladapted personalities, those personality disorders that I have, I can recognize them now, and I cannot act on them. But they're always going to be there. I believe. Like I, I think that there's some there's the idea that therapy will erase them, but I don't think that's the case. No. That's that's what I mean by it being treatable, right, and not curable. Right. No, exactly, and and that's what it's funny. My mother-in-law, she she's uh, has a long history of of health problems that are a lot behavioral. The you know she mm -hmm. uh, is um, adult type due to diabetic. Um, she doesn't exercise and. And she's just like, oh, my life is so miserable. And then when she goes to, and now she has kidney failure as a result. And she's just like, well, can't they just cure my kidney? And I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, it's so miserable. And I said, well, before you had dialysis, you couldn't even get out of bed. 
now you can because of this treatment. So why don't you just like accept this as an opportunity to do other things and to, to... Are you really saying that to her out loud? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're yeah. saying that to your, your wife's mother out yeah. loud? Yeah, I mean, not, and... not, in, not in such stark terms, but... Okay, good. But, but no, I, I'm, but absolutely. Like, we had this conversation <laughs> every single time. And she's... I love her to pieces. Like, we have so much... Uh, we have fun together, but she's just like, by nature, a complainer. And... and yeah. And is always looking for a fix as opposed to working towards a solution, you know, or something that's manageable. She wants a panacea. She wants a pill to make everything better. And, you know, and, and it requires work. And I think that's something that Kevin pointed out in his, in his video. Uh, it's, it's at the People Magazine site um, uh, uh, channel on YouTube. Um, and... You know, he says like, like this is my where I am now, and like he had to reframe everything. And he's like, you know, you might not, you're not gonna see me as much online, but like I don't know what's gonna happen next. But he sort of recognizes like there are certain limitations that uh, that um, from that diagnosis and and that treatment of like oh i can't b do the same things that i did in my 20s and 30s because it that was just really destructive to me you know yeah and and so like getting rid of all the the candy and cookies from my my mother-in-law's uh condo was like step one and now what'd she, you do with them do you still have them can i have some oh I, not that i need them not that i need anything like that to just sort of make me feel better just for a second yeah. just so i can like do something to relieve the anxiety in my head i, I it's not i i don't i don't need cookies i thought i need cookies or candy sorry I have, i'm sorry i have a closet just, full of sugar and and I, i'm on my way over yeah right before this i just had one of the cookies that i took from her and yeah so it's fine <laughs> um but um Peter WG says, um, absolutely loved Kevin's candidness about his mental health. Not that he suffered, but that he shared his heart and will hopefully help others with his openness. Yes. And, and he's one of the treatments he did was EMDR. Look it up. I don't actually know much about it. Um, I do. Oh, oh, we'll get back to it. Oh, I do. I've done it. And then that's why I'm so woke. Um, okay. So. <laughs> Clearly, it's it cured you from your thing. And then Tyson said, "I watched his mental health uh, mental health talk video yesterday. It was very helpful hearing him put his own trauma in perspective." Uh, so, what is EMDR, John? Uh, well, the EM stands for eye movement, but that's not. It started out with eye movement, and so what it is is um, it's a sort of almost miraculous uh, kind of treatment where you're. Um, you're, one of the ways you do it, you're, you're, you're basically activating different sides of your body. So you, you like can tap your elbows like this, or you, it started out with people looking back and forth. And it puts you into a, a, a state where um, uh, when you're talking about something that's traumatic, uh, somehow you, it, it, by doing that over and over again, um, it puts you into a, a, a almost like a trance or in it. It's not it doesn't feel like a trance or, or something like that. But it, it's a place where you can um, think about traumatic events and then you can start to remember things about them that you have buried because 
thinking about them caused you too much stress at the time or will cause you too much stress now. But because you're doing this EMDR, you're not um, accessing all of that uh, stress because you're like something about the EMDR is distracting your body from its um, fear response. And so things can, in, you know, you do it with a therapist and it, things can, can be sort of exposed to the sun. And the thing about a lot of trauma is, is that um, it's the, the fact that it's not dealt with is really the, um, the sort of insidious part, no matter how bad it was, you know, the fact that it's that the, the body and your mind said, Nope, we're not going to deal with that. It becomes even bigger than it was. So did it work for you? Yeah. Yeah. It, it helped um, a and, lot. And I Kruger, got a lot out of that. And Kruger also has espoused its uh, merits. And Oh, well, in that case, then it yeah, probably doesn't and, work. And Kevin has as well. I do want to say that there is not a lot of clin clinical evidence that supports EMDR. Um, but, hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that it's not effective. Um, it's so I, I can tell you this. I know of two therapists who were completely skeptical about it and they have used it and they're astonished by its F F efficacy. Efficacy. Efficacy is the word I'm looking for or effectiveness, but you know, I want to use the word efficacy. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there, yeah, there's a, a neurologist who I really respect who is not convinced that of it. It's eff 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 effectiveness. You just you use the word effectiveness. <laughs> I'll just leave the effect eff 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 the other word yeah. for me. But you know, I I think epicac. I think if if something gets you, helps you be introspective and reflective then uh, that's great. And if it works for you, I don't have a problem with that. Um, it's not, it's, yeah, it yeah, does work for me. Uh, yeah, so that's great. So you still practice it to this day? I, know, I do practice it sometimes, yes. Okay. It's not, it's, it's not something I, 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 not something you do alone. It's something you do I with see. a therapist. Well. It doesn't make you calm. It allows you to process trauma. That's what I need. More trauma. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Finally, you said it. All right. Now we're going to have the intervention. Everybody, okay. mail sack. So Kevin has a, a, a little something he, he can share with us all that helps him manage his, um, help him become present and in the moment. So I'm just going to play this. Uh, So there's a lot of music playing, but John, you're not, not going to hear it. You're just going to hear the, the voice. But there's ways around treacherous thinking, uh, being here present in the moment. And they gave me this uh, life hack, um, which is called 54321. It is basically you talking, you have to say it out loud and you describe your five senses. So you list out loud because the brain cognizes your voice better than it does your thoughts. That's why, you know, some people talk out loud when they do tasks. That's a very effective way to get things done. You're actually informing the brain. So I hate this 54321, which is insanely quick and very useful and anybody could use it. And it takes you out of the past and out of the future and Makes brings sense. you right to the present is as simple as this. You say it out loud. Five things I see. The light, 
the camera, my hands, the floor, the ceiling. Uh, four things that I hear, the traffic outside in Los Angeles, my own voice, my feet, the rustling of my jacket. Three things I smell, this room, my jacket, my breath. Uh, two things I taste, Cheerios, that's what I have for breakfast. Um, my wrist, that's what I like to do. And then one thing I could feel, and that is the ground under my feet. And then you say out loud, you can stand down, I got this. And that's you literally talking to your amygdala and telling it that you're not in some sort of state of trauma. You're not in some sort of state or fight or flight because that's what it's trying to do. It's assessing these horrible thoughts that you have about yourself or thoughts, worries about the future or you reviewing things from the past constantly or reliving traumas. And you're reminding the amygdala that those things aren't happening right now. They're just... Thoughts? My, my thoughts about that, that was awesome. Yeah, it's really, it's really great. And it's a, so much uh, about our own brains is just getting it to stop, just however you need to get it to stop and, and take a, a moment. And I'm very bad at this, so I, I cannot um, say that I know how to do this and that, I would, that this would work for me, but it sounds great. Have you tried it, Marty? Um, I, I will after this. Sure, sure you will. Mr. Skeptic. No, it's not that I'm skeptical. It's that it's very difficult for me to do things like this. It, it, adherence is hard. That's one of the hardest things for clinicians is getting patients to adhere to something. And the ones who do, and if it works, like if it's easy for them, they find it really successful. So whether it's um, doing something like this or doing meditation, you know, it's like whatever works to get your brain to just stop and, and reassess for a moment is amazing. Like sometimes for me, that is like listening to podcasts because then my mind just shuts down a, a certain parts of that sort of ruminate, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it, I, don't I do a similar it. thing when, yeah. uh, when I when I do a podcast, my mind shuts down. Oh, noted, noted and known. Um, but I think like there's no one size that fits all. But the the goal is is the the same is to be present and to be uh, mindful, and that's a difficult yeah. thing for yeah. for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, I, I Kevin, because um, I, I know you're not listening. Like, thanks for sharing that. It is really great, and like, yeah, it, it's it's tremendous. Like, to to come out and just share that with with everybody, and hopefully, will make a big difference to a lot of people. It I, really, I really will. Yeah, I really think so. Unlike mm -hmm. this podcast, but um, no, but that's why I feel like this is a safe place for me to share about uh, my you know trauma because I feel like the only person that's going to hear it is is you, and you're not listening. Huh? No, no. Um, you know, you can't adhere to something without hearing it, Marty. So, why did you cancel your trip to, to Utah? Uh, oh, yeah. You were about to uh, go yeah. so, next week, right? So, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna go to Utah next week, and then I found out that Pornhub wasn't wasn't available. So, so the, 
so there's this law is Pornhub. Um, Utah passed a law to uh, to make it um, require uh, proof of age to get onto to Pornhub, and in in response or in uh, protest, Pornhub has made um, itself unavailable in Utah. And if you go to Pornhub in Utah, you get a message from a porn star whose name was Sherry Deville. I wonder if that's her real name. Um, and, uh, and and she's a French Canadian, by the way. I looked her up. Uh, and, and and she says uh, Pornhub is not available in Utah, and then encourages people to go to the state legislatures and demand um, that this law be changed or something and i just wanted to imagine what that would be like hi um yeah i really like porn and uh i want to see porn and i want it to be easy for me to see porn so uh and they say would you come in and and um and testify at the state capitol to this degree so i was just thinking uh that that would be kind of funny that's really what so i was thinking we we have some tapes of some people who uh, are actually at, at the state capitol. Um, uh, I believe in free expression. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Martindale, uh, you've come here and you're here to answer some questions. Um, Mr. Martindale, uh, what uh, what is it that you want? For free expression on my lap. Why is that, was... that funny, Senator? I was coughing. That's how we cough here in Utah. Uh, so you want free expression. What is it that you want to express? My 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 testicle glands. Hmm. And uh, and so uh, what is it that you want to to change here? You you you're saying you you want us to uh, get rid of this law because it keeps you from doing what? Jacking it. I see. So you're asking us. To, I like uh, stepmother porn. You, you like the stepmother porn? Yeah. Well, uh, Mr. Martindale, we want... I cannot say that I do not enjoy the stepmother porn myself. Um, but uh, I, I feel... You know what? You're right. Let's just get rid of this law. Because uh, I've gone for an entire week without seeing stepmother porn. And it's just not working for me. That's so true. ordered. And that's what Ted Cruz was caught watching on when he um, shared his Corey Chase porn on no. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yep. What? How is he caught watching? How is he? he I mean, he he's a grown ass man. By the time you're his age, you should have learned how to hide your porn. Use. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That is incompetence as a human being. What was hap what what happened? He got caught using porn? Um yeah, or he shared a, a screenshot of, of of yeah, stepmother porn. What? Why? Where and why? What a dick. What a dick. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, he's he's like a look at like we're all hypocrites. We should embrace that and and then have it. I don't know if we're all hypocrites. We certainly all are all masturbators. Well, we're that and and we're all hypocrites to some degree. Sure. Sure. You know, I I purport to be an animal lover, but I I had some beef last night and um I like to 
consider myself an environmentalist and I drove a gasoline car, you know, like we all make compromises and, you know, we're, none of us are I don't, pure. I don't, I don't know that, that, I don't understand why you're talking about hypocrites when you're talking about Ted Cruz exposing his porn to somebody. I mean, that's just amateur hours. That's just, I mean, I, fair, fair. I don't think is anything wrong with T Ted Cruz looking at porn. I, I really don't. The fact, the thing is, is that 90% of the things on, on Pornhub use the word stepmother, which is just <laughs> and I don't think it's really stepmothers. I think... Wait, what? Never mind. I don't think it's really... No, I don't what? think those are really... No, they're not. It's not true. That stuff is all fictional. Those aren't real people. But the point is, is that Ted Cruz is is so incompetent as a as a as a person that he sent porn pictures as a as a public figure to somebody by mistake. Is that what you're saying? Because that's not hypocritical. That's just dumb. All right. Uh, yeah, but he was just unapologetic about it and had no no excuse. It's just. Well, he shouldn't have any excuse except why did he share that? What's wrong with him? Like why why if you can't if you can't keep your porn uh uh you know away from public view, then you know, you should not be senator. That's actually on the list. It's like a hundred and seventy thousand reasons why Ted Cruz should not be senator, and I think that's on the list. Not that he looks at porn. Some yeah. people shouldn't look at porn. Uh, and this was like six years ago, by the way. Oh yeah. So oh, I think yeah. Anyhow, it, it's it's dumb. It's dumb. Like who who gives a shit? Like, um. But anyhow, but this age verification thing is is in invasive. It's dumb. Um, like just be everybody who has kids. Just teach your kids how to be good, um, good, like life partners to the people that they fall in love with teach them how to be respectful um and, and teach them how to use virtual private networks yeah yeah i just I, like number one sorry i had it completely out of order you're you're absolutely right and teach them how to use BitTorrent. uh well that that is uh, yeah there's not so much need for that but um well, unless you're in Utah, right? Am I right? You know? Am I right? Yeah. I think that's where the VPN comes in. Yeah, well, I yeah, maybe. And then they were also saying how um, it, it exposes, then it allows kids, or it makes kids look for harder to find porn and it sends them down to deep, dark holes. Yeah, well, yep. you have stepfather porn. Um, or step, you know what's really terrible? Step ladder porn. That's really fucked up. Uh, let, let's let everybody imagine what that. Don't means. look that up at work. Yeah. Yep. Um, so S Peter says that we need um, some millennial goodness, um, but we need Cass Cardenas. But or yeah, yeah, order, okay. Order Peter's wife. Um, but Thanks for, thanks for pointing out our, our shortcomings as, as, as people. Yeah. I appreciate that. We're not funny. Yeah. And then Tyson said that my auto sucks. And it might just mean by voice. Sorry, Tyson. Tyson, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it, we're, it is we're, me. We're... I'm just bad at this. Uh, so, <laughs> John, 
talk about yes. tell us ex- explain the the strike we don't need to get too much into it but what what the hell is going on with this strike that started today the writers guild uh well uh it, the shorthand is that hollywood is imploding and um uh and it's gonna not gonna work um and that's basically what it is so basically uh like 15 years ago the writers went on strike um and they got a contract and then they had another contract and 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 the contract basically uh 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 has it so that you you it used to be you get royalties every time a show was aired on broadcast right um and if you're an actor or a writer you'd get a little uh, percentage of what you got to to actually create this piece of content that the producers were sell, selling over and over again Marty has a check for I don't know what uh, I have I got a check for 7 cents the other day I got one for $50 and this is for four episodes, five episodes of Veronica Mars. You're on five episodes of Veronica Mars, and I was only on one. And what what is that? That's that's not, that's not fair. Um, so, so the thing is with streaming is things can be seen over and over again. So the, your efforts um, as a writer or as an actor are, are being are being monetized, but because of the contract the writers and the actors are not getting the same amount that they used to get from broadcast, right? Getting very little money. Right. And so that's a big issue, but at this, so the, the writers are going on strike because they want to get um, a better contract when it comes to streaming at the same time. Meanwhile, the streaming services are falling uh, apart and the streaming services have completely cannibalized all the other revenue series uh, uh, things in Hollywood you don't they don't sell dvds anymore they don't really uh get that much money on on cable uh streaming services have kind of destroyed the cable market and then the and no, nobody goes out to the movie theaters anymore except for horror films and and big blockbusters so hollywood is like going so so the writers want more money and we're getting less money and then at the same moment that the writers have decided to go on strike along comes ai that can actually write and so um, I'm. I think. Every, every, I. I don't have a lot of hope for what's going on. I think it's going to be a shit show because the world is changing way too fast and it's completely out of control. Um. So, uh, I'm. Uh. That's that's the that's the writer strike. But revenues are going up. Revenues uh, for the the streaming services the uh, have plateaued in terms of the subscribers. So they have been going up, but now they plateaued and they're going to start. That, that, I mean, and you have all those different streaming services, and they all cost too much, and nobody um, uh, wants to pay those things. And they're, they're just the idea that, that there would just be more and more subscribers was almost like a it's like an Amway Ponzi scheme because once you do the math, you're like, you want to have more than seven billion subscribers, but there's only like eight billion people on the earth, and this you know. right. But then why not just tie it to an actual percentage then? Oh, tie what to? Uh, the revenues to to um, artists. Oh, why 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 don't they do that? Well, I'll tell you two two reasons. One, they invest the the, the and they might do that. They should do that. That's the right thing to do. That's the okay. solution. And then, thank you. I I accept your apology. So I just solved the strike. You're welcome, America. Moving on to the next. Um, now, why why don't the well because the nobody wants to give up money that's the thing right 
it's also it's also that the the uh, the business model that I I think that the business model that the studios, including you know Netflix and Apple and and um, uh, Amazon Prime and uh, what they were relying on was that there would be this increase in subscribers, and uh, they put a lot of money into creating these streaming services, um, and um, and they were gonna start making money, and that's when the subscriber uh, numbers started to plateau. And at the same time, right as that was happening, you have MGM Plus coming along, and Peacock and and uh, Paramount Plus are are both, and so there's a it, there's a whole bunch of uh, of business decisions that are not quite working out. Yeah, well, then they need to, as part of their business equation, need to figure out how to um, remunerate uh, their artists at the same time. So like that yes as, as well as buying you know so if disney can afford to buy out fox for 17 billion dollars or whatever it is and if amazon can afford to buy mgm for nine billion dollars or whatever it is like then they can afford to before they make that calculation they said oh we by the way we have to pay these writers as well before we get a 50 year old james bond movie that we can stream um yeah, I, I mean that's a very reductive way to to look at it, but it I I think it's right. Marty's way. Um, it's Marcel Proust wrote a book called Marty's Way. Yeah, it started with a mag Madeline Madeline mag a cookie. So <laughs> what uh, the last strike, which was what did you say, fifteen years ago? That fifteen years ago, like yesterday, um, they. That went on for 100 days. This could go on longer. And most of my friends are TV writers and movie writers and or work in the business. And it's going to be really, really hard. And yep. and it's hard to when you he see like the like whatever, when you hear about these writers like in their their empires, the J.J. Abrams of the world, like that's one thing. But then there are the writers who are like it, there's a, a huge gap. Um, one of the writers for The Bear, which uh, is a USA show, I forget what network it's on, but you know it's a small show, but it was a critically acclaimed show. And then one of the writers, like he was nominated for a WGA award, and he didn't have money to to like he had to basically go into debt to get a tie to go to this award show. That's a very extreme example. And you could argue like, Oh, he probably got paid well and maybe he didn't manage his money well, but it, it, it's a something that a lot of people were talking about and it probably made that network. A, it raised their profile. They should get paid and the writer's rooms have been shrinking. That's another thing that's happened. Um, but maybe, maybe this is the way, it should be, John, would you like the argument would be like, well, like these are artisans. They should not be treated like um, like as a union. They should just be treated for the, the work that they do and then they should move on to the next thing. No, I, I think it makes sense that people um, get paid um, when people make money off of their work. Right. Right. So that makes sense. There's just a lot of. Um, uh, anytime a piece of uh, anytime a show makes money, that profit should go to all the people 
the owners of that property and the people that that helped make it. So let me let me just give you an example that to sort of illustrates the the kind of the difficulty. So the model is when you made a show like you're on Beverly Hillbillies um, and then it was shown again, you got a percentage of the amount of money that you got paid when you first were on it because it, when it was shown again, the network got money for it being shown again, right? So that's the old model and that's that what you're alluding to. You get a percentage of when something is shown again. Same thing happened with commercials, right? Now, now, uh, like when, uh, say, uh, say a show like Friends, right? You were on Friends, right? And it got sold um, to somewhere, Netflix, or what, what if Friends? Friends was on Hulu, or it was anyway. It was sold to I think it was sold to Netflix, um, and it was a big coup. And it, but it cost like a hundred and say it cost one hundred and fifty million dollars. Now, now it's on Netflix, and people can watch it as much as they possibly want. And Netflix isn't making more money every time that's on, right? And so the money of $150 million went to, I think, Warner Brothers. So should you get, as an actor who has one episode of Friends, should you get a payout that is a percentage of that $150 million at that one time, or should they try and figure out what, part of every subscriber's dollar is there for friends you know what i mean it's kind of complicated I, it is complicated and that's why yeah no, and that's a really really good example of how complicated it is from my point of view uh an actor their visage their performance is that that is what gets monetized so um if I, the example of commercials is like if, so back in the day when commercials, you could make a lot of money on it. Um, if, if a commercial ran for more than 18 months, then they, uh, the producer had to renegotiate the contract with the actor, uh, the actors who are in it. And the point being is that they're running a commercial in the space that a new commercial could come into. And that is if they kept running it and giving the same low residuals for that, uh, it it does not incentivize new content to, to go in in uh, in that same slot. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, so at, after 18 months, they would renegotiate it. And so, you know, I had um, a couple commercials that ran really, really long times and. And so uh, after 18 months, they would be like, we want to re renegotiate your contract. You get an extra $15,000 for what you just did. And I'm like, that's fine. And because they're paying a shitload of money to not make more commercials. And that's, but they're still showing a commercial. So they should do that. And that money should go to the actors because act, you know, the, the, that's where actors have to survive um make money doing commercials to survive to do things like free theater and and low budget movies and and whatnot no that i i am with you up until the the justification for why actors actors should not get paid because they fair need to get fair. paid no no right but the it, it is 
because they they um, they they're just okay. Finish your thought. My my thought. No, I mean the the reason that you get paid is because um, your uh, your the, your work product is being used to make more money, and that's and and the other thing is your face is being um, used in a way that right. takes away from your value as an actor. Yeah. So those are the reasons, not because you deserve it. Cause no, no, you're... it's not because I deserve it, but it's, I think the union pushed that is also because they want to, to push uh, producers to make more content and to use more actors, you know? I okay. Think, yeah. I think that, that was, that is one of the rationales for it. Um, mm -hmm. And so every 18 months, it goes up and up exponentially. And, yeah. and then, all of a sudden, like after three um, cycles, like they're like, oh, here's $75,000 because uh, we want to keep running it. And I'm like, fine, that's great. But twist my arm, twist my arm. But, you know, I, and I but that's not why I became an actor to 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 make money that way. Um, and hopefully and off, at a certain point they had to stop. But, you know, if you see those commercials like back in the day, Mikey for life. A serial ran for years and years and years, and I think that um, they life uh, General Mills they had to pay you know very small residuals as opposed and kept running the same ad. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. Um, look it up on YouTube um, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, and that gave them a lot of cachet and. I, poor Mikey, I don't think made uh, as much money as as he would have in the modern day. You know, yeah, uh, the, the Gilligan's Island uh, cast they didn't have residuals uh, back right. when that came out, right. and and then the the Screen Actor uh, President led uh, a um, a successful um, strike and got residuals. And you know who that Screen Actor President was? Um. Time Daily. Ronald Reagan. Oh, Ronald Reagan. There you go. Uh, so unions definitely have their place, and and there should be a a, a tension between um, between management and labor, and uh, there should be attention. Did you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and uh, there's uh, unions are definitely on the down on the downward trajectory um and that's kind of a bummer and we'll we'll see what happens they're more popular now than they have been in a long time though uh but uh maybe popular in in like the public sphere but not in memberships right yeah and they're coming back and people are working to get more unions in different places like starbucks i yeah and then but and amazon but there have been Amazon uh, facilities that have not have voted out unions, you know. Sure, but, sure. So, but in, I know it's a, it's a, we need the, that constant discussion and tension, and it works best when there's not corruption and when there's money involved. There's exactly. Corruption. What do we want? Reasoned discussion. When do we want it? We'll see. You know, um, whenever you're comfortable. Um, I've got. Uh, did you check my calendar? 
Uh, you know, I, I don't. If it if it's upsetting to you, we can talk about it some other time. I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I'll trigger you. Come on over here and I'll give you a nice trigger. Okay. I'll give you a you trigger it, warning. You make it creepy every time. I do make it creepy every time. And now it's almost near the end of the podcast, so let's do some comedy. Just kidding. We don't, we're not going to do any comedy. <laughs> hey, so we have latent trauma. Oh, yeah. So here's my question, Marty. Uh -huh. Here's my question. So I play Words with Friends, right? And What's I that? played Words with Friends today and discovered that asshole is a word that is acceptable in Words with Friends. And it's and when spelled I of J O H N S. No, it's not. That's not the way you spell it. V A I N. No, no, it's spelled A S S H O L E. That's you know how you spell asshole. It is. They accept, uh, Marty. They accept either. I, I've played both. That's what I was going to say. When I saw that they accepted asshole in Words with Friends, I immediately thought of you. Because you used to play Words with Friends. And you were the, one of the people that I used to play with. And you were awesome at it. And you, were, uh, you would just kick my ass up and down the street. Now, here's the question. Because I think anybody listening to this podcast would naturally say that I'm much smarter than you are. Obviously. So why, why is it that you... Um, what's your words with friends secret and why don't you play anymore? Even though it's probably not any fun to just completely destroy everyone. I mean, if anyone plays words with friends, Marty's average score was somewhere around 550. His average word was like 40, 50 points with that. I mean, right. It was insane how good you are at words with friends. I, um, I played your it secret? a lot. I played it a lot, and I played uh -huh. it strategically. And I noticed that you would play. I play for the beauty of the game. Yeah. I know I suck. Yeah, and and that was clearly apparent. Um, yeah, that's everybody says that. I, I'm like, I want to make a good pattern. Oh my god, I can make the word putts here. That's a great word. It'll get me four points. But Jesus, right. I gotta. <laughs> so basically, you dragged the entire audience back to 2008. So thanks, John. No, that's when you were playing. People exactly. still play That's it now. That's my point. Nobody plays it what? now. Nobody plays it now. You mean I'm alone? Yeah, you've been playing against a chat GPT bot this whole time. I actually have been playing mostly against. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I play with um, I play with um, some old friends. I play with no. Jeff uh, Jeff Marlowe. Okay. He kicks my ass on a regular basis. Do you remember Jeff Marlowe? No, I don't. No. Uh, he's married to um, Lauren. Oh. Okay. It used to be Jeff something else. Okay. I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, and then uh, such anyway, a good I played... speller. Such a good speller. Um, yeah. I um, I do, I do things that I can do in in small amounts of time. So before I go to bed, I do the New York Times crossword. Um, do you do the New York Times crossword before you go to bed? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'll do it tonight. And Jeez, what a dick! Look, I'm I'm about to I'm I'm on my way to 200 days in a row. I'm at, at 187 days. The in entire a row. crossroad word you do yep. it. it yeah. Yep. So, um, and then do my. But wordle. you said you can't get to sleep on Monday nights, and that's the easiest crossword. I know, I know, because I'm just like it. it I. It, it must be harder. 
No, it, it, it's so easy. Then my brain has all this extra juice that's just like milling about. You Do you know? think that might be the thing? Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much the case. No, it's it's really just about job stress and just life stress. Um, oh, because so, on Mondays you go to you go to work and you realize you have a job and you go, oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I. Yeah, I don't know. I I love I love word games. I, I do Wordle. I do uh, Spelling Bee on the New York Times. I do Quartle. You know, just whatever. It's just anything that occupies my brain for a, a very small bit. Um, and then for some reason, I don't know why I stopped doing it. But I, I um, you just mastered it. You just you were just the uh, best at it. So you just stopped. I understand. Uh, you 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 attained. Words with friend Buddhahood. Well, so you don't. You no longer have to play it. I like to. I like completism. I guess, or, or I don't know. I, I just like. I have a, a rigid sort of, thing that I like to do, and that I can control. And, um, yeah. Um, have you watched the, the AFI Top One Hundred films? Oh, have I watched all of them? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I think I've watched a lot of them. I I, I haven't watched all of them. Uh, we Why? Got, we got a an email from Tyson, and yeah. he um, he said first of all, I use the AFI website tick box system. I don't know what that is. This is mail sack, mail sack, da da da, da mail sack, and oh. determined that I've seen sixty seven of the one hundred films. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh That's a D plus. It's a D plus. Huh? Yeah. Sorry, Tyson. Come back when you're a C minus. There's a check system right here that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, your stipulations were for f- three favorite films that are not on the list. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Evil You'd Dead put it on that. <laughs> Evil Dead 1, 2, and 3. All right. So let's take a look at what's on the list here. So Tyson, far, I'm uh, batting a thousand. For, for doing this. Uh, so his... They are in no particular order. Um, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, is that yours? No, these are Tyson's. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Uh, a lot of yelling in black and white. Another mm-hmm. b- black and white film, Bob Fosse's Lenny. Oh, really? Yeah, Dustin Hoffman playing Leonard. Is that good? I've always wa- I, 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 I want to... I should watch that. I really want to watch that. Um, I... Remember where it was at the video store I worked at. It was like just like two from the bottom, just like uh-huh. right, right by the cash register. Uh, and then noise is off, which I love. Really? Oh my god! That one, I haven't seen that. It it is so silly. I think Mary Lou Henner is in it, and John Ritter. I think I, I could be. I gotta look it up now. But this is a a really great playwright. Do you remember the the guy's name? Um, uh, no, he's, he's the guy who wrote noises off. Yeah, no, no, I don't remember. Um, yeah. So this is from 1992. Carol Burnett, uh, Peter Bogdanovich. Um, he directed noises off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh my God. Uh, oh, Julie Haggerty, Marilu Henner, John Ritter, Michael Caine, Carol Burnett, Denholm Elliott. Julie Haggerty is one of those people that's like weirdly talented. She had so she, all, everything, everything good. she said, it was like either it was the same note. But it was it was always great. Always great. Yeah, I think Michael Frayn. I think that's the the playwright. Yeah. So he's such a such a 
clever playwright. Um, it's a madcap um, slapstick comedy. And yeah, it, it's surprisingly, it's not a perfect movie, but I laughed uproariously at it. Um, oh, yeah. yeah Julie I, Haggerty sure was in was Marriage Story. She was so good in that. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, that's a, those are great, great picks, Tyson. Love it. Yeah, those are really good picks, and, and, and it his makes me want to. Up our Priscilla Queen of the Desert Easter Parade, um, and this is Spinal Tap. That I can't believe this is Spinal Tap isn't in the top one hundred. I'll tell you what I can't believe is Easy Riders on the top one hundred, and Intolerance. Oh, Intolerance. It's the, it's the John Sylvain like biopic Intolerance. You get it, John? You get it? Mm-hmm. That's right. This is this 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 list is 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 stupid. Um, good night, Peter WG. <laughs> he stands by the WGA, and he also um, lies on his back and side too, smoothing all. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be really weird. Like I just remember the last strike, how the um, the late night hosts had to ad lib things. I don't know if they're going to do that this year. Uh, I remember, yeah, it's just, it's just an ugly, ugly time for, for Los Angeles. I'm sure most people won't notice it. And especially in the world now when so many international shows are gaining such status. I've been watching more Korean soap operas or K-dramas than, than I have, um, American things. Um, yeah, it, it'll be very interesting to see how this pans out. Um, but I do stand by the writers. I saw I saw about uh, ninety five of the top one hundred, and um, all right, that was quite quick. Yeah, uh, and I have to say that the top one hundred is just it's it's not it's a yeah, terrible list. Lists are they are great starting points for discussion. They are not never definitive, you know. No. So. No. What, what do you? What are you? What are your three favorite films that aren't on the list? Let me tell you. I'll tell you if they're on the list because um, they're probably not. Because if you have three favorite films, they're certainly probably not on the list. Oh, uh, let's see. Intolerance. Um, no, Intolerance. Citizen, have you ever, have you seen Intolerance? Citizen Kane. It's uh, that's on the list because nobody's seen it except me. I saw it in a, a D.W. Griffith class. It is. It's a three-hour movie. It's a. It's astonishing for its time. It's actually four hours long, but it's not good. Um, Evil Dead. Citizen one, Kane. Evil Dead. Citizen one. Kane sucks. We Evil need, Dead is not on here, I and know, it should be. Evil Dead one, two, and three. There we go. So, oh, you already gave the your answers. Yeah, I did. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't listening. No. No. Yeah. So, uh, all right, John. Focus now. Um, I'm focusing. So Citadel is on Netflix. This is it. <laughs> oh my God, yes. This is so weird. Uh, not, um, Amazon. It's on Amazon. Uh, it, yeah. It's uh, a the Russo brothers produced it, and uh -huh. it it's got uh, Richard Madden from you know that Dragon show. It's got uh, Priyanka Ooh. Jonas. You know, uh -huh. Game of Thrones. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know who he was. I don't know who he was. Um, have you? What do you think of it? Well, I, I, I didn't. I, 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 I haven't seen it. I've been really confused by there have been like, um, well, there was uh, Mister and Mrs. Jones, right? Uh, and then there was True Lies, Mister Mrs. Smith, 
Mr. and Mrs. Smith, is that a TV show now? Uh, I think they were trying to develop it with Donald Glover. Uh, there's and, there's, there's the, like that, five shows that have come out in the last two months that are about a couple who are spies. Yeah, one of them. That's one of a, them is Citadel. What? Yeah. No, that that's a that's an old trope, I guess. You know, since Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith. You know, the original. It's not one really. With I Frangelina. mean, it's not like they've been, but they're TV series that have come out in the past two months. Citadel is one of, and they all look the same. And I watched, I think I watched True Lies, and it was, I think it was, I don't know if it was True Lies or the other one that I can't remember, but they're awful. The, the one with Chris Evans and Anna Darmus? No, that's a movie. I, I oh, started sorry, to watch sorry. that. That's another, that's, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, that's, well, that's, that's similar. But this is, there's a difference between um, that, which is about an ordinary guy finds out that this girl, that he he had a hot date with, uh, turns out that she's a spy. And then I, I watched the first half of it and was charmed. Went to bed, got up the next morning, talked to a friend who said, "Yeah, the rest of it sucks." So I haven't watched it. Um, and um, but but these other ones are all like they're they're a couple and they're married and then they're spies. And Citadel looks like the same thing. But I haven't watched it. Is it bad? It's not good it really feels like it's trying to be something it's not and it's like it's just like it's playing at a spy show without any real thought about like maybe start with an interesting plot as opposed to an interesting premise and i think that like uh-huh with- yeah that's a really good point marty that's that's like the smartest thing you've said all night how dare you uh, but yeah, but spy shows in general, like like every everything has been done already, and I and it made me think of like what makes a good spy show, and it really is about the story and the intrigue, and not necessarily the premise, you know. Uh, yes. So like, uh, so when I think of good things that I've seen lately, there were spy shows. Uh, the Night Manager is pretty good, um, and the. Uh, Killing Eve, pretty goddamn good. Yeah. Um, and because um, it focuses on, so here the premise is that these two, uh, um, like ultra amazing assassins, they got their minds wiped, and like, and it's all about them getting their minds back, at least in the first two episodes. Um, uh-huh. As opposed to like, hey, there's some real shit going on, you know, and like, like. Killing Eve, like the first season was so good because like you're so like there's this crazy person, Jodie Comer, and and then you've got like Sandra Oh. She's and, awesome. She's too great. awesome. She, yeah, too awesome actresses. Sandra, Sandra Oh's like dealing with her husband and like it's like an actual like you're they're actual like moments, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I'm much more interested in the characters than I am in the premise uh, and so it feels like like back in the late 80s and 90s it would be like what if we paired um you know Riggs, a crazy suicidal cop with a cop who's about to retire you know and like mm-hmm. having and see what happens mm-hmm. and that sort of chemistry like experiment goes very very it, it's very shallow and i think that we're at an age especially in a tv show where you want to sort of develop something a little with a little more nuance and richness you know mm-hmm. uh there there's that one on netflix what's that one called um but it's 
very silly and it's not good but i did watch the whole thing and i enjoyed it more than than citadel uh which is a shame because citadel is a, my sister directed on citadel so oh well then i'm gonna love it see you, you're just crashing your sister i know I'm, I'm just this is just a sibling thing that's all this is about so don't worry about a thing did you watch um, slow horses no that's not a that's not a show Yes, it is. No, the night agent. That the night agent. No, slow horses. No, why it's are you two making, two seasons? Making, you're making up stories. It's, it's, it's starting. John, Jerry Oldman. You're embarrassing yourself. I am. Yeah, I'm uh, look like looking at the IMDb thing. Am I am I completely delusional? Well, is this all a dream? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> then I'm, uh, can I wake up? No, you can't. As a last minute. Entry, uh, Tyson offered Topsy-Turvy from 1999 with Jim Broadbent. You remember that one? Yes, I did. Uh, yes, it, I do. Yes, I remember it. You know, it Gilbert has, and Sullivan. Yeah. But it, yes. it, I don't know if it's available for streaming, but for the longest time, it wasn't available for rent. Um, you know what's ter terribly not available is a show I was in called Northern Exposure. Do you remember watch that show? Well, that Janine Turner, she's a right-wing lunatic, so I will never watch it. Oh, it's it was very, 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 very good. It was it was a very good show, very well written, um, and um, and you can't find it anywhere. Um, and, because and she she's a right-wing nut. No, I don't. I mean, I don't think that that's why. Do you think that she's been deplatformed by the angry woke mob? Exactly. The woke mind virus has just infected streaming and stripped it out from from the the libraries on netflix and amazon and hulu so sorry janine sorry rob mora sorry john sylvain yeah sorry Moose. I was, uh, yeah it was terrible yeah um okay cool well john we can you got anything more because we can wrap up we only had the one email um but we got some really um Great feedback from people online. and Oh, I do have an idea that I, I would like to ask you about. Please. I'm trying to. But, so I, I talked to my students this week about the, the writer's strike and about the future of um, Hollywood, right? And uh, just say, you know, what do you think might happen? Because nobody knows what's going to happen. And there, somebody came up with this idea, and I, I started to think about it, and I thought it's a really good idea. And that is, so... Theaters, movie theaters, um, started showed this week. They showed um, Revenge, Return of the Jedi, right? And a lot of people went and saw it. And I thought well, that would be a good thing for movie theaters if they just started showing. Uh, it was more of a revival thing, not just you have new stuff, just like live theater is. You know, live theater does Shakespeare and stuff like that. Like if you could go out and see Lawrence of Arabia, they're or, all doing that. What? They're all doing that. They're all doing that now yeah. all the time? Uh, well, well, at least in L.A., yeah. Okay. Yeah, like um, the, there's a theater that nearby in, in like the suburbs in Monrovia that they'll show E.T. and they, they've got a whole slew of... Yo, I know revival houses do that, but I was no, just talking in general, like every, everything. Oh, no, but this is a regular theater, but like on the weeknights, they have these revival nights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's so, a there's a revival theater opening up down the street. Uh, it's about to open up um, from my house. Um, so it's a thing, and and it is really fun to see 
a movie in a theater for sure. Like, yeah, I, I was excited to see a horror movie in a theater. It wasn't that full, unfortunately, but uh, it, it was better than watching it alone. And then this weekend I did watch um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And it was so good. How was it? It was great. It was yeah. so good. Uh, it was just a very simple movie without like without villains but there's tension but no villains and it, it, there are no uh stereotypes um i did uh, uh oh. yeah and well it, it cycled between me and morgan freeman we we traded off word word for word um <laughs> and are you there god it's me margaret um yeah that's that, excellent yeah but I recommend it to everybody. I think it should be required viewing for every parent who has um, a preteen or whatever adolescent. Um, because yeah, it's it's just really thoughtfully done and and very entertaining. I think that and eighth grade are the perfect double feature for oh parents. eighth grade oh yeah. yeah they're they're very similar in just how. It's just focused on the angst and mm -hmm. and the um, the frustration in like just of being a teenager or or being coming of age, you know. And it's there. It's not about us against them. It's just about just how much it sucks, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I uh, speaking of Morgan Freeman, I just discovered this little uh, uh, in in. in talking about representation for my class uh morgan freeman was of course not surprisingly the first african-american first person to play an african-american president in a major motion picture that wasn't about an african-american president so it wasn't some kind of there, there were some goofy really racist you know comedies that were made in the in the past but th this it, without commenting on the fact that he was president and a black man it was Morgan Freeman. Can you remember what movie it was? Um, Putney Swope. No, 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 it's close. It's Deep Impact. Yeah. All right, thank you. Um, uh, thank you for playing. Uh, you were wrong. <laughs> I win every time. It's so good. <laughs> uh, Putney Swope, by the way, it was about um, that. It was a, a, about an, an ad agency that promotes a, um, a black chairman. It was directed and written by Robert Downey Sr. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But it was one of those sort of like like late 60s, early 70s, like counterculture movies. And yeah, I don't know if it holds up at all. I've never seen it. So, But that's most of the things I talk about I've never seen, never read, never experienced. So, so let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, I was parachuting the other day and... Um, yeah. You know, um, okay, John. So, I'm. I put in our notes that we're going to come up with three best movies that aren't on the top um, 100 in the AFI. Um, mm -hmm. AFI top okay. 100, and um, we okay. also need your emails. That's noonerpodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, Tyson has great affection for Joe Dante's matinee. Not my favorite Joe Dante film, um, but it, you know, I appreciate. I respect that you have affection for it. Yeah. I understand in the word when you use the word affect, affection, you're saying that you enjoyed it and you recognize that it was schlocky crap. 
I'm team small soldiers, but anyhow, agree to disagree. That is a strangely good movie. Yeah, very odd movie. But uh, okay, so um, any other homework that you want to assign people? No, I don't have any homework. Okay. I don't believe in homework, and it's 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 nearly summer. So just go out and enjoy yourself. Do well on your finals, and uh, you know if anybody wants to help me grade because my grader graduated and I'm fucked with a pile of work. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right. So send us your top three films that are on the AFI top 100. Watch Kevin's uh, People Magazine video on YouTube. It is really. Uh, I hesitate to say inspiring, but really liberating, I think. I think that's the best way to say it. And uh, and just let us know what's on your mind. Noonerpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see. Ah. Wait, what, what, do we, what do we say? See you next. Tu- see you next um, tu- Tuesday. No, we'll see you. We'll see you when next t- to we'll see you next tuesday we'll see you next tuesday i can't hear the music so i don't know if that worked i don't know if it worked oh there you go oh my god it just like blew my ears Uh, i'm the worst at this i'm so bad at this it's strange it really is it's very weird you would think that you would get better but i just get worse i get worse no you, you actually do get worse and worse every time it's strange. How do you manage to do that? been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at Smodcast.com.